familiar scriptures. And uh, I want to preach on a simple thought tonight on does your altar alter? You say, well, them are the same two words. No, they're not. Uh, one is the altar here, and the other one is to change. But let's read here in Genesis chapter 12. I'll try, try to hurry and not keep you out late. I know some of you got to go to bed before 12 o'clock tonight, so I won't keep you that long. All right? Well, I won't keep you until 12 unless God comes by and I'm like Paul. And if I'm like Paul, we're all, we're all in trouble. But uh, we'll, just don't get near a window because... But thank God we have no windows. So won't, there won't be no way falling out tonight, will they? Eutychus, there will be no Eutychus in the window. Tonight, if you got your Bible, Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thee thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. In thee thou shalt be all, all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and, his Lot, and Lot's brother, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to, in, into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto uh, the place of, uh, of Shechem, unto the plain of Morah, and, and the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord and who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there was builded on, and there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, for your word tonight. God, we know it's already anointed. But Lord, if you anoint your servant tonight, God, to speak a word, God, of encouragement and strength through your word, open our hearts to receive your word. God, we're needing your presence. God, without your presence, we can do nothing. But Lord, I'm asking tonight, let your word find a resting place. Draw us close. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says amen. An altar. Uh, an altar is an elevated place. It's a place of sacrifice. Here we find Abraham who built altars. Abraham, we find him being pulled away from his country and God told him to leave his people and he would make him a great nation and God would do marvelous and wonderful things with Abram here. And I want to preach tonight on does your altar alter. Uh, Abraham here built these altars and he, he built an altar unto the Lord and it said there God met with him. And if you want to meet with God, there's a place you can meet with God at. And it's an altar. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place that uh, they used to in, in, in the olden days, Bible days, they'd, they'd sacrifice pigeons and goats and animals and, and bulls and so forth and, and turtle doves and, and they'd bring their sacrifice to God then and God would, uh, God would accept their sacrifice. Uh, there's a sacrifice that was uh, in Romans 12 and 1. It said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
to present your body as a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy, holy unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's, there's a difference between uh, the conformity and transformity. To conform means you're just going to stay the way you are. That you, you're, you're not willing to change. There's nothing going to move. There's nothing going to be cut out of your life. There's, you're just going to continue in the pattern that you're at. But he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that means you've been changed. There's something changed. There's something that, has, that God has put his hand upon. There's something that God has removed from you. There's something that God has placed inside you. There's something that God has uh, got, God's got glory inside you. God has done a work in your life. And tonight, as these young people were here, we could look and see that God, God is transforming. God is moving in their life. They're, they're coming from a stage when they was just young kids in Brother Keith and Sister Tammy's uh, children's church. And now they went from children's church to the youth group now. And there, there's a change. It's not just their physical body that's been changed, but they've been transformed. They're growing in the knowledge and wisdom of God. They're getting closer to God. And God's drawing them closer and God's placing His Spirit upon them and God's causing them to realize there's more than just uh, just a, a Sunday school lesson. But I'm glad, I'm glad for Sunday. But there's more that they can delve into and they can get in the presence of God. They can allow God to transform their life and change them. Prayer changes things. Uh, this, an altar is a symbol of God's presence and uh, the it's a place where we can bring our needs. We used to sing that song, bring all your needs to the altar. Bring all your needs to the Lord. He is so willing and able to help you if you just bring all your needs to the Lord. I'm glad to know tonight that we have a place we can come to and an altar we can bring our needs to. He delights and show himself strong on our behalf. It's God's good will to give us the kingdom. He said, I ask and we shall receive. And uh, knock and it shall be open. And seek and we shall find. And he said, we have not because we ask not. But we can bring our needs and petitions to God. And God can heal and God can save. and God can deliver and God sends revival to the land. We need a sweep and move like Landon said. Landon hit, it, hit the nail on the head tonight. We need revival. And the only way we're going to have revival is get in an old-fashioned altar until God sends the fire, until God sends the power among us. One more time, that we would draw nigh to God with a pure heart. That we'd come to God and say, God, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh God, standing in the need of prayer. God, I'm needing altered. I'm needing changed. I'm, I don't need rearranged, but I'm needing changed, God. There's things in my heart that ought not be there. There's things I do that should not, should not. God, I need a change. And if you'll bring yourself to God in that manner, in that faucet, you'll find that God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. If you've been in a prayer closet, Bible says when you enter, when you enter into your prayer closet, shut the door behind you. And when you pray in secret, the Father will reward you openly. When you pray, God, it'll show. You'll not be able to hide it. When you pray, it will make itself known. It'll manifest itself through prayer, through an older experience. Bring your needs to God. Believe God for great things. He's done great things. He's still doing great things. God, God has 
God still moves, the song says. God still moves. He doesn't sleep, nor does he slumber. God still moves. Abraham, build you an altar. Abraham, meet God in the altar. Abraham, allow God to do a great work among you. Let God, let God alter. Let God change some things. Let God do a surgery among your heart. Let Him cut away things that ought not be. Let Him plant and cultivate some things that ought to be. You believe that? God could cause this church to flourish. God could cause us to grow. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, horticulturist, I guess that's what you call it. I, I don't know how to plant trees, but I've heard that when trees grow sometimes, they get limbs on them trees sometimes that, that just does not bear fruit. And that guy has to go through there and he has to prune off them things in order for that tree to grow. Whatever you have to cut loose, brother. Whatever you have to cut loose, sister. Let, let it fall to the ground that you might be able to lift your head high. You might be able to worship God. That God may alter your life. That you might come to an altar and be changed. What a change. We sing a song, what a change. What a change. What a, there's been a change. We used to, I've been changed. We used to sing that song. And we'd even sing it out. C-H-A-N-G-E-D. You remember that, Brother Greg? I've been changed. That's how we'd sing it. In the, in the choir. Have you been changed? Have you been changed? This, this altar, your altar, your experience with God, it, you ought not be able to stay the same. I mean, it's a daily walk of God. I mean, a daily changing, a daily moving of God's presence. He would alter. He would change me. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Don't let me stay the same. Lord, I want to be more like you. Take my life. Make my life all that you want it to be. Oh, Lord, please change me. Change me, oh, God. Change me. It's what the song said. How about you? Is that your heart's desire? Change me, Lord. I don't like where I've been. Change me, Lord. Don't just rearrange things, but change me. I want to be changed. But an altar is a place of sacrifice. A place that we can bring our needs. It's, he said, which is a reasonable service. Acceptable. Romans 12. Let me read that. I've quoted it. Now let me read it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, live and sacrifice, acceptable and holy unto God, which is a reasonable service. Here we are. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. God don't want no dead, no dead sacrifice. He don't take the in delight in. If we took bodies here tonight and laid them here at the altar, carcasses, God would get no glory out of that. But what He gets glory out is your words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted unto Thee, O God. God gets glory when you raise your hands. God gets glory when you go tell your neighbor, God's moving there to church. God gets glory whenever you pray and there's an answer to prayer and you can't keep it quiet. And you can't wait to tell it. Some of us, there's a lot of things we can't wait to tell, but it's not the right thing. 
You ever been like that? You ever, you ever heard somebody say something and you didn't know whether it was really true, but then you tell it and you go, man, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to tell it. And you accidentally tell something you shouldn't have said. They said, don't say nothing, but you said it anyway. And he said, well, I shouldn't have told you, but I told you, don't tell nobody else. But you told them, and I don't know why I'm saying all this. But there's some things that God's done for you, you need to tell. Don't keep it back. I remember Josh, I remember Gary Pilcher. Anybody know Gary Pilcher? Gary Pilcher had a son years ago. Josh Pilcher, I believe his name was, young boy, had cancer and died. But I remember one of his messages, I got on tape and I listened to it over and over and over. And he preached on don't hoard the honey. What he meant by that and what he was saying by that is there's some sweet things that God has done for you. And, and, and don't, don't be afraid to let somebody know about it. God does things for us and we keep quiet about it. God paid my electric bill, but we'll, we'll not say anything about it. God calls, you know, God calls money, you know, God fed the children, God done this and that. God healed my body. When I was sick, God healed me, God touched me. But a lot of times we'll keep quiet about it. I don't know about you, but I want to be altered in such a way that I can't help but tell what God what God's done for me. And you can't tell it like I can tell it. And I can't tell it the way you can tell it. I love to hear salvation stories, how you got saved. I love them stories. I love to hear the stories when people got healed. But that ain't all God's doing. God's got more that He's wanting to do. He's got a generation that was behind us here a while ago that God's working in them. And I want to hear their testimonies. I want to hear them say, you know, Brother Maynard, the other night I was, I was up and I was sick and I didn't know what to do. And I began to pray. And it wasn't long after I began to pray, God turned it around for me. Has God ever turned the situation around for you? When it looked impossible that God, that God altered the situation. When it looked like you was facing shipwreck, that somehow you begin to pray and you close your eyes and somehow you went past that danger zone. It's because God altered it. God changed it. He changed your He changed your life. He changed your situation. To God be the glory, great things He had done. Can we can anybody here say, Praise the Lord? Can you I'm not trying, I'm not cheerleader up here tonight. Jump up with your pom pom. We shouldn't have to be coached. We shouldn't have to be pushed or primed. We're he woke us up this morning, started us on our way. He put breath in our bodies and our lungs. He put food upon our table. He put gas in our tank. And sometimes we just sit back out and we, well, it's just normal. No, it ain't normal for God to do that. He's, he's trying to show you His love. But I'm, glad, I'm just glad tonight to know that, that God's still moving and God's still delivering and God's still changing He's still working. He's still altering lives. He's still saving souls. He's still healing bodies. He's still putting families together. He's still, he's still uh, mending homes and hearts. And he saves Zachary Jarvis. God's still doing great things. He's not been voted out. He's, he's, oh, no, he's still, as Isaiah saw him, he said, in the year the king Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and the angels were crying, holy, holy, holy. 
God's still holy and he's still looking for a people that would worship him and magnify him and glorify his name. He's been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. I remember as a young boy, I, I remember as a young boy, we get them 16-ounce pop bottles. And most of you probably don't know what it is, but some of you do. But we'd get that pop bottles and we'd stick our thumb in the end of it and we'd shake that thing and the pressure on the inside would blow your thumb out because it built up that carbon pressure. I don't know about you, but there should be something inside of here. There should be a pressure inside you that you can't keep quiet. I was in school and I had a bad problem of not being quiet. Honest, you may not believe it. I know I'm timid and quiet. It's hard for you to believe that. But I remember, and I've told you the story. I remember I had to write one time. I was in study hall class. I had to write 10,000 times. I will be quiet in study hall class. I began to write and write, write and write. My fingers got sore. I wrote more. I taped pencils together. Five or six of them together in a straight line. Now I can write five or six of them lines together. I, I got a little bit smarter and I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take one of these pages that looks, and I'm going to put notebook paper in the copier and I'm going to copy these over and over and over and over. And she'll think, and she'll, which I, I made it by somehow. But I did write probably four or five thousand. My hand felt like I had carpal tunnel and I felt like I was deformed. But I had a problem not being quiet. You can't believe that, can you, Sister Bowman? I was in your Sunday school class, and she th- she always says, oh, you as an angel up in that little room. Oh, you as such and such. I had plenty of them tell me that. And thank you for that. That's awful, kind. But I was not always the angel, and you know it. I, I got kicked out of Sunday school class, if you believe that. I sat outside the door plenty of times in Sunday school class. I get kicked out of children's church and most of the time, to be honest. You may not know this, but I'll tell you why. Whenever I get kicked out of children's church over there, I got to come and sit by Sister Bowman or Sister Christman at the time. And she always treated me like I was somebody special. Thank God for her. She was your teacher, right? To you, you, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. She, I mean, she. I'd sit there and every now and then on Sunday she'd reach over in her wallet and she'd give me a dollar or two. I thought, well, looky here, I got in trouble. I got kicked out of children's church over here. Look what I got. Appreciate that. You made me feel like I was somebody, even though I may not have been somebody. But you made me feel like I was somebody. But I, my problem was, back to my problem, I couldn't keep quiet. And I guess that's the reason God knew to call me to be a preacher. Because it can't be quiet. And he knew if, if there's anybody going to tell it, tell it to him. Put it in his heart. He'll tell it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's a power unto me unto salvation. I'm not ashamed where he brought me from. I'm not ashamed where you, where, I mean, I was telling the Sunday school kids this morning, uh, I, we got, I got shaved and I had hair weight on my back, long, long, nasty hair, and I, I, had, I was full of pride. 
when I got shaved, I'd take that hair and I'd flap it around there. That's probably why I have no hair on top now. I was cursed. But anyway, anyway, I, I had pride in my heart. And after I got shaved, God had to root that out of my heart. He had to take and alter that out of my life. And I, I began to grow in God. And God began to pull things away that I didn't need. And I remember, you may not believe this, I remember coming home from you camp and telling Mom. I said, Mom, me and Jerry said, me and Jerry, we'd heard preaching about having a television at home. And we told Mom, said, we don't need a TV at home. Mom said, she wasn't saved then. She said, I tell you what, when God deals with me about my TV, she said, I'll get rid of it. And I said, okay, Mom. Because Mom to me was, I mean, she, she was seven foot tall and I felt like three foot tall. I mean, she, she was the only parent I had at home and I obeyed her. But she meant business. But she said, when God deals with me about my TV, she said, I'll get rid of it. One week later... Lightning struck her TV. So God dealt with her about her TV. So if you want God to deal with you about something, say, when God deals with me about it, I'll do it. So it won't be long God will deal with you. You won't, you won't have to wait. But my heart was altered and changed. I mean, I, out of, I, mean I, know, I know you may not know all my whole story, but if you, could just, if you could just pick through the window of my heart where God had brought me from, you would say, that guy, what a change. And I'm not up here to boast anything. It's not the, not the good, Brother Mike Gilpin, that I ever did do. I, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have done anything super or fanatical. I couldn't have I, I could not do any great exploits for God to save me, but as, as Seth preached the other night, it's God's grace and God's mercy and His riches that saved me. And I'm glad to know that he, he entered into my heart and changed me and he, he mended some things and he patched some things and he fixed some things and he cut some things off in order for me to grow. She sung that song, Olivia Prysock, Olivia Adams, sung it, read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. Don't read your Bible. We know the song. You'll shrink, shrink, shrink. But they talked about prayer and the altar at you camp and prayer it will alter your life. Prayer would cause you to be changed. You can't, you can't pray and stay the same. You can't pray and hold on to the world at the same time. You can't love God in the world at the same time. Love not the world, he said, neither the things in the world. He said, whosoever loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't serve two masters. You either love one or hate the other. But I don't know. If you, when I got saved, I fell in love with Jesus. And he fell in love with me. I remember taking my Bible on a while and all this, but I'm telling you, I've got a few minutes here. But I'd sleep with my Bible, and I'd hold my Bible, and I'd cry at night time after I got saved, just thinking, what he done for me, Brother Greg? I'd lay there, and tears would fill my eyes, and run back in my ears, and I couldn't hear nothing. I'd lay there in the presence of God, and would visit my room, and visit me. Oh, I'd love to go back there about six months in that sweet place. And I know God can I can I can I can go there if I just get get altered. Uh, but I remember drawing an eye to God. And I remember getting a hunger for the Holy Ghost. I there got saved. I seen all the young people at church and all the young people at youth camp, and and, and and they were seeking God and they were wanting the baptism of the Holy Ghost, brother Landon. And I seen them worshiping God and I seen them shouting. I said, "Man, that's what I want." And I began seeking God for the Holy Ghost. After I got saved, and I remember you say you're you may be a fool, but I if I'm anybody's fool, I'm God's fool. I remember going out in the backyard, raising my hands toward heaven, up and lifting my hands up, looking at the stars, and just worshiping God. 
looking at God's creation. And I remember a few times God coming down and blessing me. And, I, and the devil said, oh, that's just you. No. No, God moved on me and I began to dance and jump up and down. And I, I didn't speak in tongues until God baptized me with the Holy Ghost. But I remember there was joy. But I don't know. I, I need more of his joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength and my strength. And I want to be altered in such a way that he can fill me with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I don't, have, I, don't have, I don't want to have a gloomy spirit about me. I remember when I got saved, I'm saying some things that it's been on my mind for a while. I remember when I got saved and I was back here at the door. And I was holding the door open and I was greeting people. How you doing? Glad you're at church. Glad you're at church. Shaking hands. And uh, Sister Ruby Barrett's sister, what's her name? May, May was always kind. She said, boy, you've got the nicest set of teeth. And then she'd walk by and shake hands. And she was always kind. But I remember there was a woman walked by and I was humming under my breath, Brother Merle. I was singing, it's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in blood. I was humming that. Yeah, I like that song. I liked it then. And all of a sudden, the lady walked over and she said, what are you singing? I said, it's a glorious church without spot or wrinkles. Washing the blood lamb. She said, it's got spots and wrinkles. I said, you got to be kidding me. It's got spots and wrinkles. I mean, I was my balloons. I've told this before. I had my balloons. I was saying and I was singing and I had my balloons. It's a glorious church without spots and wrinkles. And all of a sudden, she comes by and says, Got spots and wrinkles, pop, pop. I'm like, good Lord. I didn't know it had spots and wrinkles. Now I find out it's got spots and wrinkles. So usually when we got spots and wrinkles, we have to iron them things out sometimes and kind of wash them things out to get them where they need to be, but that wasn't my my job to do. But I'm glad to know that God can place the love and his love in your heart. God can give you joy. God can give you peace. He can change. I didn't have joy as a young man. There was no joy in my heart and life, the way I lived, the way I was raised. I mean, I, there'd be things we'd do. Every now and then I'd be in a mischief, and I thought that was fun. It wasn't fun. But once I got saved, he altered my life. He changed me. These young people have been changed, and God is continuing to change them. There's great things to be done yet. The half has not yet been told. I'm looking forward for great things in Mason's life. I'm looking forward for great things in Titus's life. I'm looking for great things in Josiah's life, Amelia's life, Landon's life, Celeste's life. Now I mentioned names, and now they're, I'm going to have to go through the alphabet. All these kids from A to Z, there I took care of it. Usually I'm calling for my kids, and I said, Josiah and Titus and I'm in a big crowd. A lot of times I say, hey, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, come here. I just call them all Bible names because it seems like everybody in church has got a kid that's got a Bible name. And you call if you call Luke, he's here somewhere. You call for John, there's usually a John. But anyway, I'm glad God's doing great things among us. And I want to stoke the coals a little bit. I want to fan the flames a little bit. I don't want them to come back from UCAMP experience and just for it just to fizzle out and drizzle out. Us to, us to be. I don't want to be a wet blanket. 
And I've heard, oh, that's just them young people. They'll, they'll fizzle out. It, it, I had somebody tell me one time, and I was seeking the Holy Ghost. I came back, and I had that Pentecostal croup, and I couldn't hardly talk. And I was seeking God. My voice was almost gone. And I had somebody say, you don't have to yell at God. I said, oh, my. You're right. I wasn't yelling at him. I was just worshiping God. He said, you don't have to yell at God to get his attention. I said, well, you may not have to, but. When I raise my voice, I want him to hear it, and especially when you're amongst a bunch of young people here, thirty of them screaming. I'm just, I'm just lifting my voice too. Bible says, "Lift your voice as a trumpet." I've never seen a little baby trumpet that just barely squeak, squeak, squeak. You know, trumpet. I mean, that trumpet's not gonna. I don't want to hear that little trumpet when Jesus sounds. I when he comes, I don't think it's gonna be a little toot toot when he comes. I think we're gonna hear. A great sound from heaven with the trump of God and the dead in Christ arise first. Then we which remain, me and you, if you're still here, when we, they, they that remain shall be caught up in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ arise first. You still believe that? I want to fan that flame. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Our children are getting ready. There's others that's already left us, Brother Charlie. Brother Charlie says, Mom's went on to her reward. There's others among us that's went on. Brother, Brother James Parker. I, I, I love Brother James Parker. He's my friend. He's went on. There's others among us that went on already. Brother Huff's already gone on. But he's coming for you. And he's coming soon. And I want my heart altered in such a way that I don't want to leave a fray or frizzle around the edge where, where the devil can get a hold of a string of it and, and hold me here. But I want to be totally, fully surrendered. Somebody come to the piano, please. Does your altar alter? Have you been changed? Has things, is thing, does things look different to you since you got saved? Are they appealing anymore to you? There's a lot of things I lost my desire for when I got saved. And I'm glad I did. But there's some things I found a desire for. I said, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. More of His great love, so rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus, so I've got to give Him more of me. So I laid myself on the altar. As Abraham took his son Isaac up that altar, and he was ready to sacrifice him. And he would have if God hadn't put a ram in a thicket. I laid myself on that altar. And I have become a living sacrifice. You have become a living sacrifice unto God. Do as you choose. Is it not lawful for God to do what he wants to with his own? Can God do with you as He chooses to do? If you're His child, if your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, could you say, Lord, do what you want to and really mean it? I mean, Jesus, be the Lord of all. Open up the heart. Jesus, be the Lord of all. The kingdom's of my heart. Jesus, I surrender all. The kingdom of my heart. He's looking. He's searching. You say, well, you, 
you've been saved now 33 years. 33 years. I know I don't look old. Thinking, no way, I don't even look 33, Greg. I mean, you're young. Anyway, 33 years ago, he picked me up out of the horrible pit, set my feet on a solid rock, stabbed my goings. A young boy that would be picked up out of Pittsburgh. I always tell people, can any good thing come out of Pittsburgh? I'm hoping something did. But tonight, I'm talking to us. Could we bow our head and close our eyes? We're here tonight, and God spoke to your heart. Is there something that needs altered tonight? Is there something that God, you need God to work out? Is there something in between you and God that you really need to place in His hands? Would there be anybody in here tonight? Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you've just walked in the church tonight while the service already started. Maybe you feel like you just wandered in here and you said, I don't know what's going on, but maybe God's put His finger on your heart tonight. Young man, are you saved? Are you saved? Praise God. We have people wandering in the church and coming to church that are not saved. I just wanted to give you a chance. If you wasn't saved, you can be saved. You can be delivered here tonight. Can we come to this altar tonight? Search your heart tonight. Rend your heart, not your garments. Bring your heart to God and ask God tonight, Lord, is there something that needs altered in my life? I mean, others may not see it. They cannot and probably can't see it. But it's between you and God. Is there something God would like to do in you that you could place it in His hands? That God, would you fix this? God, would you mend this? God, would you cut these things away that are weights and sin that easily beset me? That I can't run the race, God, with these weights. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord.